Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Go247 podcast. I'm the uh, senior writer here at the site, Glenn West, and uh, joined today again by Dylan Sanders, our, our contributing writer. Uh, Dylan, how are you today, man? I am doing good, ready for some more football and hopefully a better result. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're expecting a pretty large crowd here, I think, for the for the first uh, home opener here in Death Valley. Um, yeah, expected probably 200,000 people will probably be roaming LSU's campus throughout the day for, you know, various tailgating opportunities. And then obviously hustling in there for the game for uh, a sold out crowd here in death Valley for the LSU's matchup with Southern. Uh, We'll get to everything covering the game here in a second, but just kind of wanted to remind you guys to smash that like button here for us on the, on the YouTube page. Uh, Make sure you're liking and subscribing everywhere you find your podcast. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll certainly appreciate any and all kind of contributions you guys give in that regard. So um, with that, um, you know, we'll, we'll get right into LSU and Southern. This is uh, obviously a big game for LSU in terms of just playing the right way. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for me uh, just throughout the week in terms of talking with coaches and players within the within the program. You, you want to see a cleaner game with LSU this weekend and uh, you got a you got a really good opportunity here with the with the Southern team to to really kind of take advantage early, uh, do some things you know more mechanically right, um, some structure issues, some uh, just a lot of various uh, various problems. That I think LSU can start to fix uh, this weekend against the Jaguars. Just Dylan, w- w- you know, you, you wrote our piece earlier in the week about just uh, early impressions of what this Southern team looks like. Just what are your I guess, early thoughts on this matchup and on Southern as well. Yeah, well, so this is going to be a great game for many reasons. Um, Just the whole environment surrounding it, the halftime show, the fact that they're playing Southern, it's going to be crazy. And it's, I think, as good of an environment as you could ask for, for Brian Kelly's first game in Death Valley, all of the new players game in Death Valley, they're going to get accustomed quick. Um but most people don't think the game itself is going to be that good. And it probably won't uh, just because of the different level of athlete, the different level of talent between the two teams. The gap's pretty big. But Southern is a team that will not allow you to play a sloppy game uh, because they are super aggressive on offense Pedal to the metal is the offensive philosophy of Eric Dooley. Um, and then on defense, they are just as aggressive. They're, they're going to come after you. And so if you're the offensive line and you had a struggle, you struggled against Florida state, you're looking to this to be a game where you can get some things right. They're not going to allow you and allow you that opportunity. All of their best players are on that defensive line. Uh, Jordan Lewis, their edge rusher, he's a little undersized for SEC level, but like talent in terms of talent level, he's up there. He's like NFL potential. Like he's gonna, he's a good player, and yeah. So 
Southern is going to still test you, um, but there is a little bit more wiggle room than if you're playing a Florida State. But they just do play super, super aggressive. And uh, Bashan McCray, who should be the starting quarterback for Southern, is dual threat. All of their quarterbacks can run and punish with their legs. He had like 80 rushing yards last week. Yeah. Um, so, again, you're going to have to another test where we've seen it for the past three years where LSU just cannot tackle quarterbacks that can run. So it's going to be another test with that. So it's a it's going to be a great test for a lot of different parts of LSU's team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Just kind of eyeballing last week's game from Southern, they were playing an, an overmatched opponent there. But you did kind of get to see a little bit of how they like to structure their offense. I think they ran the ball nearly 40 times. Um, they passed it about just under 30 times in the game. So uh, they're, they're going to be a run-heavy team, very much like Florida State and – you know, I kind of tend to agree with what you're what you're saying there. LSU has got to be able to get after the quarterback here. Uh, they've got to be able to make to make tackles uh, as a defense. Um, the communication has to be better in the secondary. That's something that Brian Kelly has talked a lot about uh, this week with us. Um, and and I, th- I think they just have to play. the The biggest thing that I think I took away from Brian Kelly's comments and. He kind of he kind of alluded to it immediately after the Florida State game is this team just has to play four quarters of football. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw what this potential of this offense and defense can be in that fourth quarter when they made that amazing comeback against Florida State. The problem was the previous two and a half, three quarters, there was just so much of a mix, a mixed bag. I mean, it was really um, a lot of mistakes, a lot of self inflicted mistakes that really need to be corrected against a team like Southern. And you want to feel good about that kind of heading into next week's game, uh, obviously when you start SEC play. So I, I think you're going to have to have uh, – and, and look, he said it's it's something that starts with coaching. You know, they have to prepare these guys a little bit better. Um, they have to know their personnel a little bit better. Um, I was really uh, kind of intrigued by that. I asked him about that on Thursday, just what does a kind of a disciplined team look like in your – in your eyes, and it's a team that starts fast. It's a team that plays with some urgency. Um, a team that you know makes the right reads and 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 makes some quicker reads. Um, yeah, I think that's something that Jaden Daniels is certainly going to be working on this week. Um, and then it's just getting the ball to the athletes. I mean, that's something we've talked about really all off season. Uh, LSU wants to get the ball to these receivers. They got a very talented receiver core. I don't think last week's performance against Florida State has really let, lowered the expectations on this receiver core. I think, you know, that it was obviously a bad game for for guys like Kayshawn and and Malik Neighbors and and you know, they didn't really work in Jack Besh a whole lot. We found out that Jack Besh has been dealing with a stress fact stress fracture in his shin for most of uh fall camp, so that's something that they've been really bringing him back slowly from. So I do think this is a good opportunity for you to start if you're an LSU offense and if you're an LSU defense, start rectifying some of the issues that cropped up last week and really put you in a better position leading into Mississippi State. Yeah, I um yeah, I agree. And luckily for LSU, the clear, clear, clear weakness on this other team is at the wide receiver position. They don't really have anybody. Um, and with the size and speed that LSU has on the corners, uh, I don't expect Southern's passing game to be much in this 
Uh, at least it shouldn't. Uh, again, I, you know, I am saying why this game could be interesting, but LSU has no excuses to let this game be close ever. Yeah. Um, they have the this this should be just never in doubt. Really, right. no, I, I agree, and I think that um, if you get to a point where you know it's not looking good early, then I think you really start to have some big picture takeaways about what this team looks like moving forward. But mm-hmm. um, I, I I expect this team to come out with a little bit more urgency, uh, a little bit more of a. Uh, a focused approach, you know, it's the thing they, they brought Brian Kelly in here to do. And I think he probably thought that they were, they were ready a little bit more ready than they were last week. And um, it's just about a matter of him going in and fine tuning and, and re re recalibrating, I guess, these guys' brains a little bit in terms of how they need to prepare. But um, you know, you, you really weren't able to see. And I think that's also a big thing here is that we just didn't know what this team was going to look like last week. I mean, there's just been, there was so much newness here. Uh, we, we saw it in fall. We saw in spring and heard throughout the off season about just how they were coming together and whatnot, but you really can't see it until you see it on the field against another opponent. And I think mm-hmm. that that first week is a really good kind of wake up call for LSU. And uh, I think we'll get an opportunity to really see, uh, what these guys were made of in the next couple of weeks. But uh, kind of with that, you know, I think there's going to be some shakeup at some certain positions. Um, you know, I would imagine that they work in a lot more offensive linemen this week, uh, you know, especially against an opponent like Southern. You want to rotate in guys. Um, that's something that Brian Kelly talked about with us. I think they're going to rotate both tackles. You know, Will Campbell, the true freshman, you know, bless him. He had, you know, pretty much every <laughs> – he was on the field for every snap last week. And Coach Kelly admitted, you know, look, it, it, we saw a little bit of his technique start, start to suffer throughout the game just because he was on the field for so much time. So I do think they're going to rotate um, the, the tackle positions a little bit more. They're going to rotate really the whole offensive line a lot in this game. want to see uh, a lot of different guys get some opportunities there. Marcus Dumerville uh, was a guy we heard about in fall that didn't really – see a whole lot of snaps against Florida state. I would like to see him out there against Southern. Um, you'd like to see uh, some more linebackers out there. I, I think probably the biggest thing that I'm going to be looking for is just how often does LSU go with a four man front on defense? Um, you know, the, the injury to Mason Smith shakes up everything. I mean, it's just a devastating blow for this defense to lose arguably their best player on the very first drive of the very first game. I mean, that's, it's a game changer. And I think um, you could certainly see some situations where LSU goes more three down linemen uh, where you have like Roy uh, O'Jalary and gay on the front line of defense. And then you have, you know, three or four linebackers, you throw in a different secondary, you know, you might add a a second nickel corner or something, but um, you've got to kind of shake things up defensively. I think a little bit here uh, with the loss of Smith. And I think it'll be, a really good game here against Southern to see just kind of what kind of wrinkles maybe they'll throw uh, into the defense. What, what are your thoughts on some of the shakeups that you can see it's in certain positions? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I expect the I expect us to see a very different offensive line at some point in this game, if even if it's not to start. Um, just because they're obvious there it's clear that there needs to be some shakeup. Um, and yeah, Will Campbell did about as good as you could ask for. Uh, but it's very clear that as the game went on, he got tired and again, that's expected, but he's going to have to have some rotation at the left tackle. The right side of the line was pretty shaky at times. So that's going to be, that's going to need to be figured out. Like, I wonder if we're going to see what, if they're going to go back to what we saw at camp, whenever it was, will, will Campbell, Tremont shorts, Garrett Dellinger, Anthony Bradford, and, Wait, no, Miles Frazier and then Anthony Brad. Yeah. 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 Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do because we've seen a ton of combinations during camp. Um, You know, they mentioned Marcus Doomerville was was competing at one point. We could see him step up uh, at that right tackle position. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of stuff on the offensive line and defensive line. um, Obviously, losing Mason Smith is bad, but Makai Wingo looked really, really good in, in, in his steps. So that really helps. But uh, again, the same reason, same thing with the offensive line, there's going to have to be some rotation because the defensive line is just not that deep right now. Yeah. Um, yeah they're going to have to force a bunch of guys into seeing a lot more playing time than they had ever expected. Like Taiji Hill, is uh, is someone that was mentioned, and that's a true freshman that you don't want to have to play a lot going yeah. into the game because even people questioned LSU getting Taiji Hill in the first place, which you know he's done all the right things, and it's you know in camp, you know I think it's it's going to be fine, but you don't want him to play immediately. Yeah, so I mean, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, Taiji Hill was a guy that I, I think they probably viewed as more of a project piece, you know, kind of mm-hmm. coming in here. Um, he added about 20 pounds, I think, over the offseason. Um, Coach Kelly said Thursday that he looks pretty good. So uh, they might put him out there against a team like Southern. I mean, I'm not sure how much he'll play, but, um, you know, that, that could be a good experience level for him. You've still got Jacoby and Guillory. You've got Bryce Langston. Um, those are two interior guys that you, you know, I think you can – at least hope to rely on for some rotational time out there on the field. Um, you know, linebacker, I think I'm going to be really uh, keying in on in this game. Um, you know, I, we, we saw a lot of West Weeks towards the end of that game on on, on, on Sunday. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, he's an interior linebacker that has experience playing that position, and um, he's a thumper, man. I mean, we saw it in camp. He can – he, he doesn't miss many tackles, and he's he's a pretty good hitter. So uh, I think you're going to have to get him out on the field as much as possible, um, get his feet wet. Harold Perkins was a guy that flashed at times on special teams. Uh, Harold yeah. Perkins is a guy that you could see be thrown out there on the edge as well. Maybe you shift yeah. Ali Gay inside, you throw uh, um, Harold Perkins on the edge. We could see that against Southern because, again, uh, Harold Perkins isn't like – edge defender size but 
we've seen players make up with that for with pure athleticism and at the college level, he's definitely someone that could get that done. Yeah. I mean, and you want to throw, especially against a team like Southern, your best athletes out there. I mean, your athletes mm-hmm. are just going to be better than their athletes. That's just the fact of the matter here. Um, and LSU I think has a distinct advantage there if they do want to use three or four linebackers out on the field at the same time. So uh, I, I do think that's going to be important to watch. Um, I was impressed just quickly by the cornerback spot. You know, I think kind of heading into last week, there was a lot of skepticism about what that group could do with Jark Bernard Converse, with Makai Gardner, with Colby Richardson. Um, I thought those guys played really well. I thought they did a really nice job uh, overall. Uh, they had the one flea flicker play, reverse double play that kind of mm-hmm. got them – uh, a little bit mixed up there, but I think that's, I mean, that's the whole point of that kind of play is to really throw off the secondary in that situation. So um, I, I think that was a really positive sign for this defense. Um, you know, offensively, I think one of the things they're going to have to really be able to do is is find a way to get the running backs involved. I mean, when you have Jaden Daniels um, and his running, uh, you know, mobility, account for 340 of the 360 yards of the total game uh, yardage for LSU. I think that that's probably an issue that they want to, to probably get a little bit more balanced in the running attack. Noah Kane, Armani Goodwin, both had pretty solid camps. Um, so I think you probably want to establish the run here against Southern, get those guys feet moving a little bit, you know, get them a little more touches here in this game. Uh, and I think that sets you up well for next week. But um, I guess, are there any final takeaways in which you want to see from LSU this weekend? Um, any any players you're going to be keying in on? Anything like that? Um, I'm definitely going to be keying in on, on Jaden Daniels, who I thought played well. As you just mentioned, he was pretty much the team's entire offense. Yeah. Um, there is, there is, uh, people are quick to complain that Jaden Daniels ran, ran too fast or escaped the play. But I, I mean, if you look at the offensive line play, I think it's pretty, pretty fair to say that he got the most out of some of those plays that were possible. And would you want to see him, uh, would you want to see him wait for routes to develop? Yes, but the opportunity wasn't there all night. And I think it's an equal part on the coaching staff where they have to be sure to call plays that aren't going to take super long to develop if you don't have the offensive line that can allow for them to develop. So it's a, it's a two-way street there. Um, I am sure we're going to see Garrett Nussmeyer at some point in this game, and I'm sure that if it's not going to be toxic at all and everyone's going to be happy and nice and not start any controversies. But to this point, I don't believe Jaden's shown us anything to where they have to switch him out or have to try someone out. I think that he is the team's leader. He is the team's quarterback. And I don't see that changing if Garrett Nussmeyer comes out and has a good performance against Southern in the fourth quarter or whatever, whatever it is. No, I, I agree completely with that. I think Jaden really – I was super impressed by those. I mean, that 99-yard drive in particular with a minute 20 mm-hmm. left where he just pretty much put the team on his back. Uh, I would say that bought him a ton of insurance in terms of just his his uh, you know, his lead with that quarterback spot. I think they have a lot of faith in him, and I don't see that being uh, much of an issue after this Southern game. So 
Um, I do want to say with that 99 yard drive, people are quick to say, oh, well, Florida State was playing soft defense. They were playing prevent defense. You still have to go out there and execute. Yeah. And executing a 99, a 98-yard drive against any defense is not easy. Um, it was perfect clock management mm-hmm. uh, by everybody on the field. It, it, the two-minute drive really was like the most competent thing that they put together. Yeah. And I think you have to feel a little bit better about that. Um, and, of course, the last thing that has to be better, and I don't know how we haven't talked about it, is special teams. Oh, shoot. Uh, yeah. yeah, we have we need to we have to we have to be sure. It, it sounds like Malik Neighbors is still going to be out there returning punts. Is that what you is that what yeah. you got? Uh, that's what I kind of gather. I think they've still, they still they, they 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 said Malik Neighbors had a really good week in terms of returning punts, and they've thrown in a couple of new drills there uh, to I think kind of help with the eye discipline in that situation. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think Malik Neighbors is still going to be returning punts on Saturday. That's, I mean, I think that's good. Um, get him that confidence. Um, listen, sometimes you just have the yips, and yeah. and I think that's really, really what it boils down to. Um, but it sounds like everybody picked him back up. It sounds like the locker room's healthy, as healthy as could be right now, um, amidst some unsubstantiated reports that players were about to leave, which is not even possible anymore with the new transfer windows. But, uh, even if it was like I don't know, it, it doesn't. That's not the vibe that I get from this team. Oh. Is that people are about to be leaving? It sounds like they're in a good spot, and I think throwing him out there and giving him another chance is better for the long run. Yeah, I mean, what's the best remedy for the yips? It's to throw the guy out there again and and try to give him some positive. Mm-hmm reinforcement there by showing you have faith in him it's not benching him or anything like that that just really messes with his psyche a little bit more so uh, I, I do think that it was probably a smart move to continue to get Malik those reps um, and, you know. w- w- and and it's obvious that you want him to get those reps because I think it's clear that he is the most dynamic person on the team and yeah. that's who that's who he's the type of player you want out the returning punt so when you get into a very tough week three matchup you want to know uh, against Mississippi State you want to know that you have a really talented punt returner and kick returner and I think that it's clear that neighbors is the most talented guy at that spot you just need to get him solid in returning punts yeah i mean his quick twitch and change of direction was something we talked about really all fall mm-hmm. and how improved it was and how dynamic that was um and then just also another thing about special teams you got to get that left side figured out on, mm-hmm. on field goals i mean uh you saw it you know you saw kelly really right after the game walking up to an lsu player uh, and 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 sp- talking about kind of what went wrong there. I think there were some missed assignments on who was supposed to be blocking who, and uh, you can't have that. I mean, that's just fundamental stuff that you have to be able to execute at, at, a, at a Division One level. And I think uh, LSU probably spent a good good portion of practice uh, this this last week just rectifying and and, and trying to get those those issues down pat. Um, uh, I think that was pretty much what we wanted to touch on with the special teams, but there are a couple uh, injury updates that I think we should probably fill you guys in on. Um, obviously, Mason Smith is the big one. I think you're going to see a lot of Mekhi Wingo out there, but Mason's out for the year with that torn ACL, just a really devastating blow for him. Um, and then another one that kind of cropped up later in the week that I think Sonny reported on 
uh, Thursday, kind of throw a little tidbit out there and on a board. Uh, BJ Ojaleri, uh is a little bit, you know, nicked up. I think it's more one of those nicks and bruises kind of deals. Um, not sure if he's in doubt of missing the game, but he might not play his full allotment of snaps. I mean, it is Southern. I think you can probably survive the game without him. Um, but, you know, I think it's probably uh, just a situation where LSU feels, uh, you know, you want to be very precautionary in those kinds of situations, especially with the team uh, like Southern that you're going to be playing this weekend. Um, wouldn't be surprised if, if Ojalary sits. Um, and if he does play, I'm probably not a whole lot. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, just, just a couple there to keep an eye on in terms of the front line of defense. Um, you know, I guess, you know, we can wrap it up here by just talking about the, you know, the significance of this game. I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier with Dylan. He, he did, he did a nice little breakdown there for us, but I'm, I'm just super excited, man. I think this is a, a really unique opportunity here where two college institutions that are in the same city get to play one another. It's a great uh, kind of rebuilding or remodeling or just coming together of this city in terms of the people and uh, the tailgating, the pregame festivities that are going to be really fun. The, uh, obviously, the, the two marching bands is going to be a really fun halftime experience and pregame experience as well. Um, really happy that LSU wanted to do this and wanted to to give that you know opportunity for Southern to come here. And um, I, I know that Southern is, is extremely appreciative. And I think that uh, it's just going to be a really great, great, uh, great afternoon and a great, great day um, overall. So um, what, what are our guests? Uh, you, you kind of lived up in this area a long time, just what do you think the significance of this game would be uh, just from a off the field level in terms of these two institutions playing each other? Yeah. I mean, if you've ever been in Baton Rouge, there are only two flags you see. There's a, an LSU flag or a Southern flag. There are people who never go to LSU games. There are people who never go to Southern games. This is bringing the city together. Um, and I, and I think the best way possible surrounding them by food and be- with food and beer and just having everybody party for a couple hours and then having the bands come out and what was reported to be a little bit more of a battle of bands, which sounds like a terrible idea on LSU's part, uh, <laughs> is going to be a little bit more of uh, performing together at yeah. halftime uh, for some Louisiana classics. Uh, so I am I'm super, super excited for that. And really just on a on a like a state level, it makes sense if LSU is going to be paying all of these teams to, to come in and, and play, it makes sense to keep that money in state or even in city in this case. Yeah. So Brian Kelly mentioned he wants to keep playing like the Southerns, the Gramblings, if they do have to play these FCS opponents. Um, plus, it's just another, uh, another, another time to spotlight some HBCU talent, which is all, always a great opportunity. I, I'm just excited. This is about as cool of an experience and cool of a, an environment that you could build around an LSU versus an FCS opponent. No, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be a, a really fun atmosphere, a really fun time. And uh, like you said, it's going to be a really a day full of good vibes, which I think is just uh, something that you really want to see early in the season to kind of get your, your football season off. Right. So get your, uh, get your parking ready early. Yes. And yeah, I am yeah. this. See, this is whenever I'm very excited that I'm in the media and I have a parking pass so I can just I don't have to worry about it. But uh, leaving is going to be an experience if it's anything like the Garth Brooks concert. 
Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a mess, which it could be more people counting the people outside of the stadium. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit on the luckier side there. <laughs> I live a few blocks from campus, so I think I'll probably just uh, bite the bullet and walk to the game. So that's probably going to be my, my plan of routine there. But uh, yeah, I mean, well, it, it'll be a ton of fun. And Dylan and I will both be, both be there. We'll be in the, in, uh, you know, outside of the tailgating routes for a little bit, probably head inside and, hopefully watch a, a fun game and an entertaining battle between these two inner city opponents. So um, um, just a, a quick, we weren't planning on doing this, but there's a big matchup uh, outside of the, outside of the team. There are two pretty big sec games. Well, soon to be sec game in Alabama, Texas. And, yeah. and uh, that's going to be the morning. That's going to be your morning cap, your morning kickoff. Uh, is there anything you're interested again, on, on the spot, but anything you're yeah. interested in in learning about this pretty big game against two potential LSU yearly opponents? Yeah, so I think Texas is probably uh, not favored by about 20 points. I think Alabama's the favorite <laughs> by about three touchdowns there uh, in that game. Uh, I am I, I'm just going to be very interested to see how Sarkeesian looks against Saban. I mean, we've heard we've heard the uh, all the you know all the all the hoopla about Saban and his and facing his assistant coaches and you know his success rate and you know kind of Kirby being the first one to knock him off last year, uh, or actually no Jimbo and then Kirby knocked him off the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the same year. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to be very interested to see how Texas holds up. I mean, they they are going to be a part of this conference very soon. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, if, if, if Texas can break that two score kind of mold, I think that would be probably a win for them if they don't get blown out right from the start. But I do think Bama's going to win this pretty handily. I think that's probably a given. Uh, what, what, what do you think on that one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a future LSU opponent against a, a quality team, so I'm going to be excited to see that. But also, just see how good this Bamba team is. Uh, they handled Utah State. Um, there were some questions. I'm sure they're going to be great again, and it's going to be annoying um, <laughs> again. Uh, just to have to watch them play. I, I don't know. Personally, I think watching Alabama play football is kind of fun just because they're just so good at every position. At this point, I'm kind of numb to them. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one, uh, just to touch on quick, that's uh, important for LSU fans to keep their eye on is Florida and Kentucky because uh, Florida, you play in the f- first half of the season and uh there were a ton of questions on what Anthony Richardson's going to look like. Of course, he didn't look great against LSU last year, but he looks like a whole new quarterback this year. Uh, just from week one, he looked insane. Looked really, really good. And just pure throwing the ball, he looked much better, much improved. So that's a situation that LSU is going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I think Richardson, if the season ended after week one, he'd be on a short list for Heisman candidates. I think he probably helped his case out a lot in that week one win. Uh, over Utah, I'm going to be very interested to see kind of how uh, how Billy Napier and those guys face against a, a true SEC opponent because uh, Kentucky comes in with a lot of high expectations as well uh, with their quarterback Levis, and I think there's going to be a that's going to be a very fun quarterback matchup. I'm going to be very interested to see how those two go back and forth uh, throughout the game. Yeah, it's all of the sudden. All of a sudden, Florida wins a game, and now this is like one of the premier matchups. 
Yeah. Um, another LSU opponent, uh, we don't have to go too deep into this one, but another LSU opponent um, in Tennessee is playing Pitt. This is uh, a, a week where you're actually – maybe if you don't learn a ton from the LSU game, you're going to be able to learn a lot about LSU's opponents this year because they have some tough matches around here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, it, that, that's going to be one to watch. Um, you know, I, I, I know that Tennessee is probably one of those games this year where you know, kind of heading in, you, you thought maybe, you know, that might be a, a good a good opportunity for LSU against an SEC opponent. But uh, I don't think you can kind of make any assumptions about this LSU team um, and, and until you start to see some consistency for four quarters. So, um, you know, I think with that, you know, we'll – uh, we'll, we'll probably get you out of here, guys. Uh, we really appreciate the, uh, you know, the, the support again, like the button on the, on the YouTube page, give us a, a shout out on subscription on, uh, on podcast forums, uh, Spotify and on, uh, Apple, uh, with that, you know, I'm Glenn West, he's Dylan Sanders and we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.